Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong. Mm. It's adjustable time, everybody. Hello. Yeah, hello. How are you? Me? Yeah. I'm all right. How are you? Why, why do you always insist on cracking open a new beverage every time we start a podcast? It's a ritual. And what are, what are <laughs> our lives uh, if nothing but a series of repetitive rituals until we die? Yeah. I did have a big dessert though, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, my guts. Uh, oh, no. Can I have a drink of your drink? No. Oh, it looks delicious. Do you want some? Yes, I do. Thank you very much. Things is what Claire does. She'll open a drink and then drink a third of it and then go, I think I'm just going to leave this somewhere in the house, somewhere secret. I'm sorry I don't just open your my throat and pour a drink down. Okay, so James has the ability <laughs> like a to drink a drink literally in 10 seconds flat. He drinks it like someone is about to steal it immediately. Like just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but but I mean, really, you will drink a can of kombucha in less than 10 seconds and it kind of blows my mind. I watch you and other people savor that. You do this with dessert as well. Yeah. Really fancy desserts. And that's why I hate sharing dessert with you, even though I only want a couple of spoonfuls. But I want to <laughs> eat it slowly and savor it. And instead you're just eating it away like you're like a horse at a trough. It's going to disappear regardless, Claire. Let's just bloody get on with it. <laughs> yeah, Speaking exactly. of getting on with it, this is suggestible, the show where we're like, Hey, listen to us talk about this thing that we watched, read, or listened, or whatever. Correct, and or occasionally ate. Occasionally, yes. Ate. I'm Claire Jane Cyril. So we are married, and it's our favorite time of the week. Suggestible, is it? Time. Oh, it's my favorite time. Wow, this is awkward. You live a terrible existence. <laughs> yeah, currently stuck in this house <laughs> with you. Where for anyone who's listening for the very first time. We're stuck in Melbourne lockdown and actually we've surpassed all the other places in the world. We are now living currently in the longest lockdown. Yay! Hopefully uh, only for a few more weeks though. Hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's good because I have to see The Eternals in cinemas, Claire, in early November. Oh, I see. I already missed the last Marvel movie. I can't miss I the know, next one. I know. Gosh, I think your brain will Still explode. haven't seen it. Anyway, do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, I would love to go first. Let's do it. Excellent. All right. So my first recommendation is a memoir and also an episode of my podcast, Taunts. Oh, typical. <laughs> Which is very narcissistic. However, I think it's worth it. So the memoir is called All About Eve and it's written by Dr. Eve Reese. Now, they are a historian with La Trobe University oh. and they also are a podcaster and a writer of many important academic texts and lecturer too as well and a novelist, well, a memoirist. Uh, sure. So Eve has only recently released this memoir and it tracks their journey to realising their transgender identity, mm-hmm. which I find so interesting Also, Eve's just so raw and open and honest about it. The memoir is peppered with stories from history of trans people and particularly trans masculine people. Right, right. Um, Looks at Indigenous cultures and their approach to trans and gender and identity. Because there um, is like seems to be a um, like more of an understanding 
in a lot of Indigenous cultures, or they're, they're what has been in the past. Yeah, that's what Eve was talking about, mm. that there has been, yeah, and there have been words in Indigenous languages um, that weren't really present in the English language, and it is thought that potentially colonisation actually caused a lot of um, the transphobia yeah. and this kind of idea that there are only the two genders, male and female. Mm. They talk about pronouns as well and coming to find your pronoun and what it meant for them to see Elliot Page come out as well, yeah, right. yeah. which I thought was really interesting. Anyway, it was an amazing chat and also because I think some of this stuff, for people who've never had to kind of explore their gender or sexuality mm. before because it kind of fits into that heteronormative yeah, it's just stuff. kind of. It's the main mm. mainstream, I guess or they've just never really gone deeply into themselves in that way, I think this book is so helpful for that because it has kind of peppered in it a lot of education as well as um, really personal stories. So anyway, it's called All About Eve and I also interview Eve this week on Tantz. It dropped today. Terrific. Uh, yay. So that's a recommendation from me. Please check it out if you can. I do, I've do. i got that lined up in my podcast feed ready to go. Thanks, well, I will be giving that. I won't be reading the book because books are for nerds, <laughs> but uh, I will be checking that particular thing out. Cool. Because um, you do a great podcast. And here's something Thanks, that I, I teased that I was going to watch. Uh, we, Give uh, me some more Also, everything's drinks. linked below that we talk about. Okay. I've got a couple of Netflix shows I want to talk about this week. I'm going to start with Squid Game, which is a South Korean nine-episode televisual series written and directed by Hwang Dong Hayuk, and uh, it stars Lee Jung-jae. Park Hae-soo and Wee Ha Joon. Apologies for my Australian pronunciation of things. So basically what it is, 456 people choose, uh, sorry, who have all struggling financially one way or another, mountains of debt, you know, because they're investment bankers or, you know, they're on, you know, more of a lower rung on society, but the, the debt that they have is obviously equally crippling for them as it would be somebody who's, you know, who's, you know what I'm talking about, debt, Right. They're invited to. He doesn't uh, know what he's talking about. Just, just heads up. I don't know. I do all the finance. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm saying the people listening know what I'm talking about. Uh, so right. they're invited to play in a mysterious survival competition, competing in a series of traditional children's games, but with deadly twists. They risk their lives for uh, what is the equivalent of 38 million US dollars, right? So if you've ever seen like the Hunger Games, if you've ever seen Battle Royale, if you've ever seen like the game of marbles when you're a child, something like that. It's basically all these competitors go in, there's a series of games happen, and but each one is actually, like, deadly. Like, it kills, like, dozens of people each time around. And each time someone is eliminated, more money pours into, like, the pool of money, right? Until there is only, you know, you, you few people left to uh, surviving at the very end. And the whole thing, the whole idea is it's basically a, uh, it's for the rich to observe and go, oh, look at all this, look at these in crazy games oh, and they and they bet on it and whatever you know it's about the class system and etc and so forth it looks horrifying oh it's horrifying yeah but at the same time it is it's very camp and over the top like a lot of the time it's very very violent like it's uplifting in moments because it shows you like the best of the human spirit and that it's also very depressing at at, at other times because ultimately you know a lot of the people that you are following uh, you just kind of get whittled away as it goes and you see people who end up helping each other and people end up turning on each other and, you know, and it's also like there's a moment where there's uh, where you could, where they realise that if anybody dies at any point while they're staying in this facility, that counts towards the tally. So it's like do they all start murdering each other and 
and and things like that. So it's terrific. It's also got uh, English dubs if you are if you are interested. But it also it's obviously in Korean also, and you can you can watch it subtitled. Or if you speak Korean, I loved it. I thought it was like really compelling. And just kind of edge of your seat, and you do get that sense of sense of anxiety when the next game is coming, and when they walk into the game, you also, as the viewer, don't know what it is. So you find out at the same time as them. And as this is unfolding, like you're following your main people in the game, and there's also a police officer who's trying to work his way on the inside uh, and kind of and figure out like what is going on, like who are these people, how this is happening, how long it's been happening for, and everybody's everybody's masked up so you don't really know kind of what's what's going on or or who is behind it the entire time. I loved it. It's terrific. It's so grim and violent, but it's not like it's more like riddled with bullets like blood splatter than like watching people get like beheaded and Cool. I'm really like that. enjoying this conversation. Yeah, just so you know. It's about the class system, Claire. So it's kind it's of like metaphor. the Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it reminds me of another book that I've read and I think it was by Robin Klein. When I was a kid, I was really into those kind of teen books where they talked about dystopian futures. Yeah. But there was one where these kids were kind of adopted or Is that alien planet thing? Yeah, I talked about this before. Multiple times. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have very little um, memory left in my brain. Anyway, so you've heard. Have I talked this on the show before? Maybe. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Not everybody hears everything. um, And they're forced to do all these acrobatics and you think that they're on an alien planet. They kind of get it like. Um, kidnapped and taken away, yeah. and it turns out they're just like really rich people who just want to watch people with kids, particularly do death defying. Is it called acts. the enemies? Maybe. Is it called halfway across the galaxy and Half- turn left? No. Is it called hating Allison Ashley? No. I have read hating Allison Ashley. Actually, have you read hating Allison Ashley? I have. I love that. I did a monologue of uh, from hating Allison Ashley for a drama club that I used to belong to. When I was 13. That's very true. And I was great at it. I bet you were. (laughs) Did you enjoy the Delta Goodrum movie from maybe 2003, whenever it came out? No, I didn't watch it because I read that book cover to cover. I've read it multiple times actually as well, yeah. Hating Alice and Ashley? Yeah. Have you really? I've read it, yeah, I've read it. How come you liked it so much? I think it was one of those books that was recommended, like, or that you had to read in primary school. Oh, okay. Because it's also about a kid in grade six, which is probably when I read it or whatever. And it's also about friendship. And it's about the class divide and it's about Delta Goodrum. But the problem (laughs) with the movie I saw was they bump it up to high school and the book is set. In primary school. In primary school, And and it has to be in that it's in a very specific time period in grade six. It's sort of, it's innocent, it's too innocent for high school. Yeah. It sort of walks that line and and I loved it because it talks about kind of weight and body issues as well as a kid yeah. and I, I really had a lot and of And she's from a family that, that she kind of hates. Yeah, yeah, and she looks perfect on the outside but turns out. Maybe she's got her own yeah, something, something. It's a beautiful, if you've got kids um, who are 11 and 12, probably from about nine, right? Yeah, I would say 12. so, I'd yeah. say it's a really, it's just a gorgeous It's a 2005 book. movie. Yeah, yeah, another book that I loved and I don't know if it holds up is called Fat Chance and oh, yeah. that is an amazing book too, like a tween book all about coming to terms with, who you are and loving yourself in your own skin and all of those kinds of things where when you're a tween, that's real hard stuff. Is it Fat Chance beating the odds against sugar processed food and something, something? No, it's a novel. No, it's a novel. It's called Fat Chance and now I can't remember. I can't remember the author. Is it uh, Fat Chance, The Hidden Truth About Sugar Obesity? No, it's about, it's it's a kid's a tween novel. Good God. It's like, it's kind of like hating Is Alice it Fat Ashley. Chance, The Bitter Truth About Sugar? 
Can you stop saying that? There's a lot of books called Fat Chance is what All I'm right. saying. Okay, well, no. Is it Fat Chance Cookbook? Can you just, did you type in novel? <laughs> God, you're so freaking annoying. Sometimes. I would argue that I'm the best person who ever yeah, lived. Yeah, there it's it is. It's by Newman. Someone? No, it's by Leslie yeah. Newman. Le- Leslie, Leslie Newman. Uh, Newman. Yes, correct, exactly. Leslie Newman. I would won the Parents' Choice Silver Medal in 1994 and I was awarded the finalist in the Iowa Teen Award in 1997. Yeah, and I have no idea if it still holds up, but it was definitely about I'm sure it's a bit problematic, but people are like, bloody, you'd never bloody get away with that now too. Yeah, there's probably some problematic things in it, but it really spoke to me at the time and I really enjoyed it. Great. Great, and uh, looking for Ella Brandy as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Squid Game, though. Check it out. All right. If you like uh, Grimm. Can I handle it? I feel like nah, I couldn't. you couldn't. No, I don't think I could. I couldn't even handle that one that was, was it a Korean movie about and Tilda Swinton? Is that her name? Oh, you're talking about. Um, What's that one? You're talking about one... Snowpiercer. No, not Snowpiercer. Oh, Okja. Okja, Okja. Same director. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It reminded, it looked, that's Yeah, it's got that vibe. Director. It had that same vibe. Well, maybe that's like a South Korean thing. Yeah, I don't it's know. kind of like a, it has kind of social commentary he do, he did, it um, and it's kind of surreal. He did the uh, the one and then the house and the service. Oh, that won a million awards. Yeah, that was so was really good, good. That you picked to be like really excellent. I did. Well, it was already when I picked it, I mean, a bunch of people were like, this is really good. And then I saw it and said, this is actually really good, actually. <laughs> what was Some that people movie? are upset that it beat the Joker for best movie what or whatever. What movie was it? Probably. Parasite. 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 There we go. We got there. All right. Can we leave the world of surrealism oh my God. and tween novels? <laughs> I'm going to bring you back to the grimmest thing you've ever heard in your life. This All right. Is a grim but it's my me. turn first. I know. So you get out your fun, your fun All right, thing so about. This is a lovely thing. Ah, tea towels. Yeah, here we go. No, it's not a tea. Well, it is a tea towel, but no. <laughs> no, it's not a tea. Well, it is technically a tea towel. <laughs> All right, but I think you really like this too. You like art. I don't like anything. Okay. So I was on the old Instagrams the other day because where else am I going? I'm on the Instagrams. And uh, this popped up from someone that I follow. It's a recipe book called Recipes with Friends. Now, it's by Alice Orr. And Alice is a Melbourne-based artist and designer who draws for business and pleasure. Her cookbook was done during lockdown last year, and she basically gathered recipes from friends near and far that were um, close to their heart and very tried and tested. Um, But because she's a really cool artist, she kind of included each recipe with a really funny kind of drawing that she's done. Mm. And it's really delightful. Her art in general is really cool. I went on a deep dive. I think you'd really like it. It's really bright and fun. Incorporates her love of food and colour and pattern and collage. And she works with paper and also with pixels, so digitally, to create her designs. And she's done two real big published books, one called The Art of Cake and another one called Still Life Drawing. But this one is, this recipe book with friends is um, self-published. Oh, that's very self-published. It looks self-bound. Yeah, but it is. It's like she it's bound pu- it at the office works. Yeah, but it, it, I know. But Not I in a bad way, Claire. Now, just flip through that, James, you flip Because through I think it's really cute. And I'll show you some of these characters. Oh, it's got little, little, little drawings Aren't they and cool? Stuff? Like, yeah. look at this. And it comes with a tea towel. So I know sometimes listeners say to me, Claire, I need to get a present for a friend of mine. What should I get? Well, if you have a, a person in your life for Christmas who likes cooking and this kind of stuff, it's such a cool book. Each recipe it comes does with feel a little. like unique and handcrafted as well. Doesn't it? And each, yeah. like she has these little characters. She's so got a mouse sleeping on a potato or something. It does. So like, for instance, it's got like Japanese fried rice and there's like a little shiitake mushroom with a little it's knife It's a mouse on a souffle. Yeah, correct. Exactly. There's a fish wrapped in spaghetti. 
Correct. There's a little happy looking prawn with a little bow tie Mm. and then like a sexy looking pig and a cute little potato with like a. Is that sexy? I don't know. Maybe. This chicken's stirring a casserole. (laughs) That's very sexy eggplant there. Where's the eggplant? Posing. Yeah, that's my jam. That's your jam, the sexy eggplant. It's just there's some really cute little characters. She does really good caricatures. And it comes so you can buy like whatever color front cover you want and it comes with a little tea towel. It's only like $30. Yeah. But the tea towel, I think it's $50. But it's – and just the recipes, I've been flicking through them and I can't wait to cook from it because you can just tell each recipe is one that someone's really put a huge amount of work into. Mm. My favorite one that I read that jumped out at me that I thought you would hate so I thought I will share. Let's do it. (laughs) The very last one. Is it has been donated by someone called Nick Douse, and this is such a Brunswick, Thornbury, Melbourne esque thing. It's Here we called go. Smoky Honey Old Fashioned. Mm. This is a recipe for a drink. The back of it has some cocktails in it, and the the blurb says this old fashioned edit was concocted for a honey harvest party. The ceremonial smoking of the honeycomb requires a bit of work in advance, <sighs> but you'll be prepped and ready to party when your friends arrive. In a perfect world, you'd have a beekeeper friend provide you with fresh comb and honey. And if you can ex- access the bark of the prickly-leaved paperback tree for the smoking, that would be ideal. You can still find these trees on many of Melbourne's older suburban streets. The aroma is very special. <laughs> I think that's great, and I, mean, I love that it's... to death, and I knew that you would hate that because you hate all that I don't hate stuff. it. If it's good, whatever, man. You hate that kind of stuff. I'm not um, – I, I, I know you like cookbooks that are like, and here's the story where this came. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I just want a picture of the food and then how to make that particular food. <laughs> all right. Well, I, what I love about this recipe book as well is that I'll read you just like it has in sections. So it's got savory snacks at the start. Okay. Because I'm all into all about the snacks. And there's some really great easy ones. There's one for, where is it here? Tostitos, which are like kind of little. I know what Tostitos yeah, are. Yeah, bready, eggy, cheesy deliciousness. But then there's also a lot of Asian recipes too, like for ban bao. And then there's like recipes for crackers, homemade crackers that you can have with cheese. Um, and fancy chutney and then just like really cool dips. They've got a recipe for dinosaur chips, which is basically just kale chips, but they call them dinosaur chips for their kids, so they'll eat them. And Kewpie miso dip, which just looks delicious and super easy. Just chock full of great recipes and little tips for people because they've been made so many times. And there's even a recipe for a really good boiled egg, and it gives you on it the time. So it's like four minutes for soft, five for semi and eight for hard, which I know sounds ridiculous, but I Google that so often. I know. If you want two soft boiled eggs, you do it four and a half minutes. <laughs> All right. I know. You're very particular. Yes, and yes, yes. Anyway, look at this little dude with his breakfast taco. He's so cute. He's got a little mustache. You showed me that one right. before. I know. Okay. That's super boring for anyone who can't see it. Anyway, go and Google her. It's Alice O-E-H-R and she's on Instagram. So go and follow her and just get cheered up by a beautiful illustration. Question, do I have to? Yes. All right then. Yes. Does that apply to everybody? Demand it. Does it apply to everybody listening to this? You know what? Yeah. You have oh, to. Yeah. If you're out there, you look got to listen. I think you're all a bunch of sad sacks and you all need to go have some <laughs> cheerful pictures in your wow. life. Also, it'll take you like five minutes. Look, 
There's one for a fancy salad, and the lady's wearing a fancy hat with salad on it. It's a salad hat. It's a salad hat. Would you wear a salad hat? That wouldn't go out of bloody place at the bloody Melbourne races, am I right, or whatever the fuck happens <laughs> no, in No, exactly. November. Then you could eat an old-fashioned honeycomb cocktail smoked from your... Season. My favourite part of that is such a hipster thing from Melbourne to say, if you happen to have a beekeeper friend, which I love when we all should because bees are special and we need to look after them for the environment. And that's a whole other thing. If I'll, you don't have a beekeeper friend, do you really have any <laughs> friends at all? That's what I always say. Correct. Exactly. And Just, we have a friend who has a beekeeper friend. Oh, do we? I think we do. Friend of a friend. Wow. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. We've nearly made it. Tell you this much though, I don't <laughs> yes. want any beekeeper friends because they're just going to be always telling me about bees and I'm like, listen, I don't care about bees at you all. You know what? One day you will care about bees when we're in the dystopian future that you love so and much. And I'll be like, I should have learned more about bees <laughs> as I'm in the desert running from like a petrol baron or whatever. Correct, like, exactly. Yeah. What was that Black Mirror episode where they had robotic bees? Terrifying. Bees? Oh, the robotic bee one. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, we actually really need bees. One of my students was really obsessed with them, and I totally am there for it. It's very scary. But let's not go into the dark and doom and gloom that potentially is our future. Tell us something terrible that you have recommended. It's going to be terrible This and is an, another ne- And also, give me a drink. Give me it. What did you say to me? Uh, this is another series uh, on Netflix which came out last Friday or something like that. It's called Midnight Mass, which is a supernatural horror series by Mike Flanagan, who I think – is has been doing some of the best modern horror that there is. He's done Ger- Gerald's Game. He's done The Haunting of Bly Manor uh, two seasons, which I haven't watched, but my brother, the one Mason doesn't like, for one I know really, really likes it. He's done Doctor Sleep, which is the follow-up to The Shining, which is a terrific movie. Anyway, it stars Zach Guilford, Kate Siegel, Hamish Linklater, Rahul Kohli. Hang on, I have a question. Sure. I know he's done lots of horror movies. And shows. Has he done... The horror movie where I wake up and there's no milk for my coffee. <laughs> yeah, he did make that one. <laughs> All right, cool. I just want to check. And then, Continue with and your then boring thing. <laughs> the solution to this problem that you jumped in with is just get some more milk because yeah, you but, live close to a shop and just go and get some. But look, listeners will appreciate this. When you have tiny children and the only thing getting you out of bed in the morning is the coffee. How much you, of this did you drink? I drank a lot. It was very hot today. Fuck. <laughs> I did a you. <laughs> For once, I did a you. So I should have drunk more water. You're always telling me to drink more water, and I never do, and I should. You're too busy so talking I... about eating bees or whatever. <laughs> Honeycomb, not bees. Mm. I'm drink- I'm going back to telling the listeners all about how some listeners will really appreciate this. When you are out of milk in the morning and all you want is your coffee in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning and you know for a fact that you can't leave the house because you have tiny people and the shops aren't even open because it's a goddamn pandemic, what else is a woman to do? You know, what am could, I to do? Look, I can't have black coffee. I was going to say you can have black oh, coffee or here's no, something. Or black tea. Here's something. Depressing. You could organize, it's a horror movie. You could organize your life better. You're absolutely spiraling and you need, you need <laughs> to plan these things out, Claire. You've got to think about the future. You're always thinking about the present day. You're always thinking about what? bees. You know, you've got to think about, you've got to think about, you can't just think about the honey, you've got to think about the milk as well, you know? That's what I've always been saying to you. <laughs> and I never have that problem in the morning. I never run out of milk for my yeah, coffee in the morning. Yeah, because you don't bloody drink coffee That's and you also don't get up in the morning. <laughs> you get up in the morning this morning like so chipper because like you have been working late so you've been sleeping in. So I've been up for fucking five billion hours. I've been hours. playing and watching terrible James Bond movies. Exactly, alone in the like silence. And then I've been up since like 5 a.m. or something 
And then uh, finally you bounce out of bed and you're like, good morning, no, how I'm are not. you? I'm and like, I'm so uh, mad. I'm like, uh, No, but the most recent times, because I haven't been waking you up, you've come down all fresh and sprightly. And I feel fresh. And I've just been like so internally mad at you, even yeah. though I totally understand why and it's been totally fine and I get it. But still. Okay, so just to clarify, this is fine and not a personal grievance you're airing on no, this podcast. it's really not. Just to clarify, so this isn't a complaint. <laughs> if anything, this is a, you're commending me for my actions. <laughs> no, all I'm saying is. Oh, the oh, possum. That's the dog. Possum and the oh, dog going at it. Anyway, all bloody, I'm I think saying. Bloody, I think there's more of a bloody, more of a bloody fight going on in here than out there. I, no. Anyway. It's, it's just the level of chippiness. I understand that. Which is crazy because that must this pandemic must be really getting to me because I'm the chipperest of chipper. No, nah, she's not. She's dark on the inside. <laughs> like a, People think I'm dark on the inside, like, which is true, but I'm also darker on the outside. So Claire's <laughs> screamly dark, which is why I think you'd actually like this show. All right, could you tell me? Midnight Mass. So it's. I think you'd genuinely like this. It's about a small isolated island community who's um, – so basically they're, a, they're in a dying fishing town because there's been an oil tanker spill and it ruined their industry. There's like 100 people that live on this island, including a school. You know, it's in somewhere in America, somewhere terrible. Uh, but these divisions in the town are amplified by the return of, for one, a disgraced, bah, bah, bah. Of a disgraced young man and the arrival of a charismatic priest. So... There is this like there's a there's a church community, but like nobody goes. It's like two old people, and you know that one woman who always runs like the church community, and she's awful. You know what I'm talking about. Every church has one. Definitely. Uh, and um, so what happens is this: when this priest comes in, he kind of flips the whole thing on its head, oh. and he starts getting people coming back to church. And then you slowly realize that he starts to perform these miracles, and you're seeing. Things in the town turn around. People are healing. Things are getting better. There's more positivity. The numbers are up in the church. Like he's really raising spirits. Now, you're not going to watch this. I'm about to spoil what the reveal is, right? Okay. Because uh, you couldn't handle the gore in this because there is a fair bit of gore. It's not crazy, but there's there's okay. enough. Before you tell me, can I guess? Sure. Is he the sexy priest from Fleabag first up? No. Is he is he, very good, though. He's excellent in this. Is he like the sexy priest from Balakis Angel? He's not sexy, Claire. He's regular-looking you said man. He was like a sexy. Uh, no, young... he's like charismatic. Oh, but not sexy. Yeah. So how old is he? Uh, he's probably early forties, probably um, early to mid forties. That can be sexy, Claire. <laughs> hey, if you're out there and you're early to mid forties, I think and you're a sexy. Priest? And a priest? No, nah, I don't think you're sexy if you're a no, priest. No, I agree. Age uh, is not se- is sexless. I mean, <laughs> age is sexless. Um. Anyway. So Sorry. it turns out. No, no, no. Let me guess. Let me guess. Oh, let me God. guess. Are you gonna you can, you're gonna say another sexy priest thing because no, your I brain promise. is frozen on that. No, no, So you no, can't it's think not. of a second no, thing. No, I'm thinking. Else. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Thinking. Is he actually an alien? No, but you're on the. Uh, uh, no, and you're not on the right track actually. Oh, but okay. it is something supernatural. So there will be a time code below that Collins, who edits this, will put in. But basically, what he's done, he when he was out in the world, this guy. He came across a cavern, and in that cavern he found what he believed to be an angel. It's like this winged creature, right, that he brought back to the island that's like its blood is healing people. But it's a vampire. It's a vampire, and he's putting like and – and the healing properties and all the terrible things are about a vampire are going out into the community. So it's healing people, but also in turn you get like the vampiric kind of prof- properties. And it's funny because like – 
when you see this thing, like this is also clearly in a world where vampires like don't exist as like a as like a concept because otherwise you'd be like that's a vampire like straight up. But when you see this thing, it's like that looks like a demon. If anything, <laughs> like it's got the sharp teeth, the bald head, and the huge like like leathery skin wings. Ah. But it's also interesting because this town is dying because it's performing these miracles. People are perceiving it as an angel, and that's how they're accepting this thing. They're like. Well, this is a blessing from God, but it, but as someone watching it, and some people in the town are like, "That's clearly not an angel. Like that's something else." I, you know, it, and, and it's just, and the way it kind of you know spins from there is 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 very very interesting. So it's like how this community is transformed by this horrible monster, essentially, because they're so down in their luck and so broken. So like it incorporates like grief and grief and faith and redemption and like the worst and best of humanity. And one of the characters, uh, the sheriff of the town or the officer, he's a Muslim and he's done so much in his life to kind of fit in because he went into the police force because of 9-11. He wanted to prove that not every Muslim is like this, right? And so he was always pushing against that, like this stereotype that he was a bad person. But every, every time he's gone to do something, he's kind of got slapped back, you know, for him reaching out and being like, I'm not a I'm not a terrible person. And it's interesting having someone like that on the island and the people who still don't trust him, even though he's the one being like, something is obviously like wrong here. Yeah. And they're like, you know, you're just a non-believer and and, and this so and does that. The, so does the the vampire turn them into vampires? Like, cause isn't that normally what happens? Well, it's like you a get slow, bitten and then you become a vampire. Again, to spoil it, but it's like the priest. I guess I'm just spoiling all of this at this point. So, again, skip ahead because there's more things in it. But the priest is actually the old priest from the town who's like 90 years old. He came across the vampire. It bit him, made him young again, and then he brought the vampire back to be like, it made me young again. I can use this in the town to heal people and and all of these kinds of things. So he's got this misguided belief that, again, this thing has been sent by God for yeah. me to spread the good word and people are like, this guy's Jesus or whatever and all these kind of things and it, yeah. it just spirals horribly. But, but does he end up turning into a vampire? Well, not in the same way that like that thing is because the thing, the, the creature is like an old school like Nosferatu like demon looking thing. Uh, like you see okay. it and it's like that's very upsetting. <laughs> that thing. But do, other, do people start biting each other though? That's what well, I'm it gets to that point where, you know, it's things start to things start. And and again, because it's isolated, it's it becomes and it's like it's it's ultimately it's like it's very bittersweet and kind of like and like life affirming for some people and other people have the revelation that maybe they're terrible people and just were looking for excuse to ostracize people and etc. Uh, and just Mike Flanagan, uh, he's he's terrific. He's just been doing so much good stuff. He's like he's like what Stephen King kind of was to like writing. I feel like and he has adapted some Stephen King stuff. What he's like doing in the modern day, like taking these ideas and presenting them in really interesting, like upsetting and like challenging ways. And it's also like very like at the same time commercially viable and like very like the cast is really interesting and the performances are great. Again, another thing that I loved it. It was really terrific and I'm hoping that – look, I'll watch anything this guy does. Like he's just he, – he doesn't, he doesn't miss. Yeah, so – 
All right. Mm. I'm not going to watch that. No, that I think terrifying. if you if it didn't have the gore and all that, I think you could have handled Actually, it. You know yeah. what? Actually, it does sound really fascinating. Yeah. It does sound like something because I do like that kind of supernatural stuff. Mm. I just can't handle too much gore at the moment. Yeah. Because my even though I, I'll watch a British crime show, sure, but there's very little like and there's some stuff like there's there. some like scares in it and and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's the tension. I yeah, think. and the people who like rise to prominence in the show you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like I was messaging my brother about it, and I'm like, I think this person's going to this, this, and this, and it kind of went a different direction than than what I thought, which I always appreciate. You know, being yeah, surprised. Yeah, so it's got by, like a satisfying ending. Yeah, and one of the lead guys is. One of the lead guys from Friday Night Lights, which was a show that oh, you I love loved. Friday Night Lights. Oh, maybe I should have watched this, but now you've spoiled it. There's still plenty in there for you to see. Like I haven't spoiled all of it, but I maybe I'll give it a burl. Hope that you do. Uh, Alrighty. If you haven't. Alrighty. Well, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Okay, where is it on? Netflix. Netflix. I was going to save that one because in a month we have to do our Halloween episode. I, know, I was going to say that sounds perfect for Halloween. I've got plenty of Halloween stuff in the can. You got to start thinking about it now, though, Claire. You do. This is true. No, you do. I do. I know, <laughs> but I don't want to watch any spooky things. You got to watch Halloween special. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right. Um, now, if you want to recommend us some stuff, we would love you to recommend us I do that every stuff. week. I don't need to recommend anything. Yeah, well, I want something good. Oh. <laughs> something less spooky. No, you can write in to the show at testablepod at gmail.com. Thank you again to everyone who's written in about their Lego. Much appreciated. And just thanks to everyone who has been writing in in general. We really uh, appreciate it. All right, so I have got a recommendation email from a wonderful Bob Poulos. Okay, he has also sent in his Lego room. Where should I put these photos of the Lego rooms? Where well, I, I know, Instagram, them? I guess. Could I think there be on like a Suggestible series Pod of... Instagram. I'm going to do it. I have Suggestible Pod, at Suggestible Pod on Instagram. I will do that this afternoon and it will go out so you can go and have a look at them all. This one is from Bob, though. Love the podcast. And by coincidence, I am building the Lego UCS Millennium Falcon. Oh, my God. I happen to enjoy sorting Lego just as much as building. I was slightly sad when the knolling was complete and I had to start building. I deal with anxiety and severe back injury, and Lego may be one of the best stress relievers ever. Be safe, Bob from New Jersey. That thing is 7,500 pieces and costs $1,300. So disconnected. Look at that. My God, look at that. Look at this Lego room. What's he sorting by there? What's he up to? I know, he's got it all in tiny little kind of compartments and he's got, yeah, this is an amazing Lego room. Oh, my goodness. I'm definitely going to share this. Wow, it's really impressive actually. My goodness. And actually I have one other email just to – 
for a public service announcement. I don't know if you remember from last week, we got hit by an earthquake last week. I remember. Among all the things. And the wonderful Rawser Spicer has written in with some advice for earthquakes. I love earthquake advice. Hi, Claire and James. I've lived in areas where earthquake safety is a big deal for most of my life, the west coast of the United States. Yeah, because we just don't get earthquakes at all. And I'm writing to correct some information on what to do during an earthquake that you discussed in your latest episode. Please, let's do it. In most situations, you should drop, cover, and hold on. So to correct some specific misconceptions you stated, if you are inside during an earthquake, absolutely stay inside. Okay. If you are able, lie down next to or under a heavy piece of furniture, like a bed or dresser. Yep. Wow. Also in general, do not stand in a doorway. If you are outside, stay outside and move away from buildings. Makes sense. After the shaking stops, you should evacuate only if the building or area around you is unsafe. This includes heading for higher ground on foot if you are near the ocean or other large body of Because of, of tidal water. waves? Yes. Tidal waves, not tidal waves. Yeah, <laughs> tsunamis, isn't that, isn't that what they're called? Additionally, here are some links to US and Australian government sources on how to prepare for and what to do during an earthquake. These resources provide information for what to do Wherever right, so you why are. don't you stand in a doorway? Yeah, I'm wondering why that is. Thanks, Ross. This is actually, he also said, Pierce, I think your show is pretty great. We think you're pretty great, mate. Um, I appreciate your earthquake advice. Correct me too. I'm not quite sure what, maybe in case the door collapses or something. Yeah, fair enough. So you should stay outside and move away from buildings if you're outside or under like a heavy piece of furniture and stay inside. That makes sense because there were some like falling debris and things that popped around. I think it's in pronounced Melbourne. debris, isn't it? Debris. I think you have to say it like that. Debris. debris. <laughs> Let me say more. That's really fun. Debris. 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 Oh, it's anyway, the debris. debris. Anyway, we are very lucky to be in a country where um, earthquake safety is not top of mind, and also we haven't had anyone um, be seriously injured or anything from it yet. Yet. However, thank you so much, and uh, thank you, Rossa. You're a legend. Did you know um, Rossa? Is that the name? Rossa. Rossa, correct. Rossa. Rossa. Uh, that you can actually review the show. Um, I mean, I'm not just talking to Rossa. I'm talking to everybody who's listening to this. You can go in-app and you can go, hey, can, you can just go clickety-clack. I'm going to review this podcast. You can say it to yourself. This one is from Pat McAfee Show 2.0 Review, who says, Bonding time. I'm a long-time listener of James's most successful podcast and decided one day to try this out while driving with my wife. My wife, generally our podcast <laughs> tastes don't converge much, but I'm happy to report that she enjoyed the show just as much as I did. Now we have another thing to enjoy sharing together, and I can't thank you two enough. We both will be looking forward to this every week for the foreseeable future. Foreseeable is good, but like if he was like, for in, like forever, indefinite, infinite futures, that would be... Much more appealing. Even isn't it going to be weird that we're going to be dead one day and these are still going to be out there? I thought like that. Like even if they're wiped off the internet, like somebody will probably have one of these on like an old hard drive somewhere. Some of the things I've said, James, I'm terrified. Doesn't matter. It'll be Good dead, God. Mate. I know. Well, hello if you're listening to us in multiple dimensions. Yeah, what's up? Oh, hello. How's the future? Hello. Pretty much like now. How's your dumb Running flying out of cars, milk for the coffee? Running out of milk I know. Hoverboards. You've always wanted a hoverboard, haven't you? Nah, too old now. What? Yeah. Never too old. Never say never. Look, even geriatrics can Listen, ride skateboards. Listen, we are, it's true, but we're in the era of dads my age busting out skateboards again. <laughs> you know what I mean? We hit that point I'm in time. I'm loving it. 
I'm loving it. So I'm not going to learn to skate when I'm 38 years old. You are, you have a closed mindset. You need to open it. You need to open your mind. Why don't you skate then? Why don't you jump on a skateboard I'm not talking and about... blow your knee out? No, I'm learning to surf instead. <laughs> you know what so, I'm going to do? And I'm also going to learn to kayak. I've been researching kayaks. I'm going to learn to kayak down the river because we don't live near the ocean. I'm missing the ocean. So instead I'm going to kayak You're down gonna the kayak river. kayak down a dirty brown river. No, it's not a dirty brown river. It's a beautiful river. Okay, okay, okay. It's a lovely river. Oh, you're such a bloody, bloody mooch. So you want me to buy a skateboard, do you? No, I want to buy a kayak. I do you don't want care. me to buy a skateboard? Not particularly. I don't know. Do what you want. Whatever floats your boat, mate. My boat is not buying a skateboard. Well, you're the one that brought up the skateboarding. I feel like this is the thing where you keep saying you're going to grow your hair long and get a man bun. I'm going to grow my hair long and I'm going to get a man bun. And you're going to love it. And a skateboard. <laughs> I feel like none of these things are going to happen, listeners. It's probably true. They're definitely not. Anywho, that's it. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Uh, or the foreseeable future. And thank you to Raw Collings for editing this episode. And I'm sorry, Raw Collings, for spoiling Midnight Mass for you and you had to listen to that. I know you've wrecked it for him. But it's Claire's fault because Why? she didn't want to watch it with me. What? You, no. I, yeah. Did you ask me? Yeah. I was like, we should watch this show. It's called Midnight oh, Mass. Oh, but you probably picked a time when I was like at the end of the day. I was making that up. I that the conversation didn't happen. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. I had to watch the submarine show. No one cares about your submarine show. You told me it didn't murder even, on the show. You told me it didn't even end it very nicely. Yeah, it well, didn't I, end that well. Well, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. British murders on a submarine. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.